Welcome to the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. It's Indiana. Watford for the win! Yes! Yes! Unbelievable! Your daily home for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. Welcome to Indiana basketball. Smart takes the shot! And the Hoosiers with three seconds. Go ahead. Indiana wins the championship. Keith Smart is the hero. When my time on earth is gone and my activities here are past, I want they bury me upside down and my critics can kiss my Now here's your host, Matt Dennison. It's Indiana, what I feel is the pinnacle, the absolute pinnacle of all of college basketball. of the program. Glad to have you with us. Uh, Lots to cover today in our hour together as we talk the latest on IU basketball, football, local sports, and more. And so good to have you with us. Don't forget, if you miss our live show, you can always find us as a podcast. All you got to do is search for The Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison, and you'll find us there. We're available on demand, but uh, love to have you with us in the 11 a.m. hour, uh, live on the Big X, 1450 a.m., 96.1 FM, and streaming online at BigXSportsRadio.com. A little exciting news for IU basketball earlier this morning. Nothing for the upcoming season, but for the 2024 year, We found out today that Indiana will be on the road during Thanksgiving week, and they will play in the battle for Atlantis. Uh, Arizona, Gonzaga, Louisville, West Virginia, Creighton, Oklahoma, Davidson, and of course Indiana will headline the 2024 battle for Atlantis, according to John Rothstein. He tweeted that out a little earlier today. So if you're keeping schedule notes for future seasons, A big part of the non-conference and a big start to the early season for the Hoosiers uh, as they will play in the battle for Atlantis. So that is exciting. I know a lot of fans enjoy making that trip to the Bahamas. It's uh, easy to get in and out of there. You stay at the hotel if you can get a room there where the games are played. Um, So a pretty good situation, um, but definitely uh, need to see Indiana in that tournament. uh, A number of games, I think they'll play two or three games there uh, to start the early part of the year and some good competition for sure uh, from that field headed to the Battle of Atlantis next season. Uh, A couple other things. Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. You can send a question, a comment, whatever you got to the Thornton's text line. We'll get it on the air for you because uh, we'd love to hear from you. And uh, you can ask questions of the great guests we bring you every day. You can share your thoughts on local sports, high school sports, whatever it may be. 502-414-1450. And if you're looking for an icy cold thirst quencher to keep your day going in the right direction, right now at Thornton's, all 32-ounce fountain drinks and smaller are only 89 cents. You heard it right, only 89 cents. So come in today and grab a fountain drink from Thornton's and send me a text on the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. One of the other things I wanted to note here early before we get into the show lineup and our headlines today, I do know of two football games, and there could be others. I've not checked this morning, 
But uh, as of yesterday, Greater Clark County Schools announcing that because of heat this week and even worse anticipated heat as we get through the week into Thursday and Friday especially, uh, there's a game day adjustment for Jeffersonville and Charlestown and their home football games, which were scheduled for Friday. Their week two games have been moved to Saturday, Saturday, August 26th. Charlestown's game with Brownstown will kick off at 7 o'clock. The uh, Red Devils, they also open conference play in the Hoosier Hills Conference. They'll take on Seymour, and that will be a 7 o'clock kickoff as well. So it could be a rare opportunity if you're a big high school football fan and you don't mind battling some heat on Friday. It could be a chance to see a Friday game and a Saturday night game, which you know it seems like basketball where you're able to catch multiple games in a weekend. But, uh, but I haven't seen. There could be the possibility of some other local games being shifted around or moved around as well. So kind of keep an eye on that if you're thinking ahead to high school football uh, this weekend. And I talked to one high school football coach locally yesterday who, if his game stays on Friday night as it's currently scheduled, he's going to be able to hit a Saturday morning game somewhere a little north of here to scout a future opponent and then hit one of the local games on Saturday night to scout a future opponent. And that's one thing that high school football coaches, because of all the varsity games being on Friday night, that live in-person feel, you, you really don't get a chance to do because it's all on top of each other. Uh, you rely on video and huddle and exchanging films and uh, things of that nature. But this rare occurrence, because of the heat, could offer some Saturday, is going to offer some Saturday football as well here in our area. Let's look at the show lineup today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Segment one, we've got more news and headlines of the day coming up here in just a moment. Also, a little bit later in the hour, Dustin Dopierak of the Indianapolis Star will be with us. We'll talk the latest with IU football. We'll get into basketball. Week zero college football looming as well this weekend. I was trying to look it up right before we came on. Is there a Thursday night week zero game? Uh, I think even one year there was like a Wednesday night week zero game. So you could catch college football Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, maybe even Sunday. But I haven't paid too much attention. There are a couple games on there of interest. But like I've always said, when it comes to college football, I watch Indiana. I watch the locals, Louisville and Kentucky, if I can. But other than that, yeah, you watch the big late game on Saturday sometime. But I like watching the different Big Ten teams, especially early in the season. So uh, I don't think we have any Big Ten teams in action this weekend. I know Notre Dame is in action over across the pond, so that obviously will draw the attention of a lot of uh, Indiana folks and uh, really college football the world in general. That will be one of the big headline games of the weekend. But week zero is here, and we'll talk about it with Dustin a little later today. And then Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, he always joins us on Wednesday, and we'll talk about this heat and how it has affected things this week. There have been a number of games that have been canceled, postponed, moved later into the evening. I don't know if you guys have seen it, but as I look at Twitter and look at results for soccer games and other sports going on this week, uh, you look at pictures and different things that the reporters and schools and athletic accounts tweet out. There have been some really neat pictures. The games have been later. The sun is going down sooner. And uh, also the um, uh, also the uh, the the heat it kind of adds a uh, I don't know like a different feel to the photos. It's everything seems to be really hazy in the photos. So 
uh, one thing it maybe has offered us some cool picks this week as you uh, look around some of the soccer games especially I saw a really neat picture from the New Albany Silver Creek game I think it was earlier in the week and I saw a really cool picture that coach Pappenhouse of Silver Creek Silver Creek tweeted out earlier in the week uh, of their practice they were practicing later in the evening at their brand new stadium on the campus of Silver Creek High School so pretty neat stuff there Um, also later today I mentioned Josh Cook we'll talk week two football we'll talk heat we'll talk a few other local topics as well and that's the lineup for today, a service of Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. Don't forget to check out their dinner package deals, which are being offered. You can dine in, take them to go, and curbside service is still available as well at Honey Baked Ham in New Albany. So Dustin Dopirak, Josh Cook, we've got them for you coming up here in just a bit. Thornton's text line, 502 414 1450 again 502-414-1450 in addition to the report from John Rothstein earlier today that IU is going to join the Thanksgiving week field for the Battle of Atlantis uh, with Arizona, Gonzaga, Louisville, West Virginia, Creighton, Oklahoma, and Davidson, and of course Indiana. Uh, That is the big headline of the day, and yes, Indiana will get three games in that tournament The bracket, though, has not been released. I think normally they release the bracket like right at the end of the upcoming season. So you know almost the entire offseason what the bracket will be like. That could change with transfer portal and rosters not being set, wanting to get good first-round matchups that might help with television ratings. But uh, that'll be fun, and that could be a potential trip there, the Battle for Atlantis at the Atlantis Resort in the Bahamas. It's one of the great places for college basketball early in the season, and its I didn't realize it's the 12th year of the tournament, and uh, it's another situation for IU to go back and play there because remember back in 2021, the summer of 21, IU went to the Bahamas and played in the uh, two-game, I guess you'd call it foreign tour, based on NCAA rules and guidelines. That really kind of got kick-started the, the coaching era of Mike Woodson. And, of course, this year, Thanksgiving week, is going to be big for the Hoosiers. They'll be in New York City with the Empire Classic. So uh, Indiana was some big Thanksgiving week opportunities this season and next season as well. A couple IU football notes. Seven IU football players were named to the Senior Bowl watch list. Jacob Mangum Farrar, Ladarius Cox, Aaron Casey, Andre Carter, Zach Carpenter, Matthew Bedford, and Philip Bleedy, uh, I think I said his last name incorrectly, uh, they've been named to the 2023 Reese's Senior Bowl watch list. And uh, Indiana quarterback, or at least one of them, Dexter Williams II and wide receiver Cam Camper were named to the Comeback Player of the Year watch list. There are so many different preseason lists and watch lists and awards and rankings out there nowadays. But those are a couple IU football things to share with you here on this Tuesday edition of the program. And uh, flipping back to basketball for a moment, Jonathan Sanderson, who is a name I don't think we've discussed on this program, but he's a really good younger guard uh, in basketball in the country right now. He is at Indiana today on an unofficial visit, according to our friend Jeff Rabjohns. He is on the campus in Bloomington. He is from Saline High School in Michigan, and he's a six-foot-two point guard in the 2026 class. So that would uh, tell you why we haven't talked about him. I'm not sure we've touched on many 
2026 prospects out there yet. In fact, you know, Indiana really probably has not been involved with many uh, young prospects from that uh, grade as well. That younger grade played this summer with the Midwest Basketball Club, and uh, he's already got a lot of Big Ten interest and a number of Big Ten scholarship offers, Illinois, Iowa, Michigan. They have all offered him from the Big Ten, and then it looks like he got his start with some mid-major offers, Detroit, Duquesne, Marshall, Ohio, and other mid-major level offers. As a freshman, he averaged 19.3 points at Saline High School in Michigan and shot 46% from three-point range and 91% from the free throw line. And a little note here, according to Jeff Rabjohn, Sanderson's father, his name is John, he has been longtime friends with Cliff Marshall, and of course, uh, Coach Marshall is the strength and conditioning boss for IU basketball. And this is interesting. Sanderson is the strength and conditioning coach for Michigan. So uh, maybe Michigan and Indiana could be the leaders here. But you know, wouldn't you go play where Dad works? You would think that would be a great possibility. But Jonathan Sanderson, his recruiting just getting really heated up. And he is in Bloomington today for an unofficial visit. A couple Big Ten notes, and it's hard for me to say Big Ten note and then go in uh, to talking about USC out in California. But the new Big Ten, we've got to think about this thing on a much more national footprint than what we ever had before. But they have hired a new athletic director, Jennifer Cohen. And she actually was just recently the athletic director at Washington. So kind of an interesting deal there. But she will go from Washington to the uh, USC program uh, and uh, will take over for Mike Bond, who retired back in May. And this is a good headline here. Illinois and Kansas have added a exhibition game. So you know how you can play inter-squad or you can play NAIA D2, D3 teams or you can play another Division One opponent or it can be a closed game where nobody can come in, no media, just maybe you know the immediate people with the program and the players and coaches. But Illinois and Kansas have scheduled an early, early exhibition game on October 29th at the State Farm Center in Champaign, Illinois, that will raise money for the ongoing relief efforts after these tragic, tragic wildfires in Maui, Hawaii. So it pre-says this preseason game was going to happen as a closed scrimmage, but instead the two programs have decided now to open it up. Fans will be able to attend, and the money will go to the tragedy in Maui, which is outstanding. So, of course, both of those programs have played in the Maui Invitational. I know Kansas has had a great relationship and great success at the Maui Invitational over the years. So, neat to see those two schools opening up their uh, previously closed scrimmage to uh, make sure that uh, they're able to send some money uh, in a good way to the uh, folks over in Hawaii. And one other sad note, former Houston standout Reggie Chaney, he was the AAC Sixth Man of the Year for the Houston Cougars team that won 33 games in the 22-23 season, has died, according to Matt Norlander with uh, CBS Sports. He was 23 years old. Didn't see any details about his death, but obviously remember him playing for Coach Kelvin Sampson and the Houston Cougars, and he had quite a run with them uh, on a special time for the Houston program, that's for sure. We'll head to a commercial break. Stay with us. Uh, Thornton's text line is open, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Uh, still ahead, we have uh, two great guests 
Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star is next, followed by Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. Wednesday edition of the program, Thornton's text line is open. That number, 502-414-1450. Again, 502-414-1450. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star is my guest. And, Dustin, we found out this morning a note for not this season but next uh, that Indiana's going to have another high-profile Thanksgiving week opportunity to play college basketball. This season, it'll be the Empire Classic in New York City, and next season it will be the Battle for Atlantis over in the Bahamas. Oh, that's good news. I knew they were talking about that. I feel like that's one that was kicking around uh, that was never that hadn't uh, fully come out. I want to say I heard about that like a year ago, uh, somewhere in that range. But but that's obviously again, you know, another sign. Mike Woodson has been pretty forthright about saying he wants to go out and take chances. He wants to go out and get. Indiana involved in big events, uh, involved in home and homes like the one with Kansas, you know, the Empire Classic. I mean, he has been saying, like, Indiana belongs um, in these big events. Battle for Atlantis, I think, is uh, as big as there is. I mean, I think, obviously, you know, um, because of the misfortune, you know, the unfortunate circumstances in Hawaii, um, you know, I don't know what's going to happen with Maui going forward, if there's going to be a little bit of a blip there, if that's going to happen move. Uh, a little bit as they rebuild. Uh, Battle for Atlantis, I think, has been right there in terms of um, the quality of tournament you're putting together. Um, so you're usually getting two, three really, really good games out of that. Um, so, you know, that's, that, that is a big one. I, I think basically Atlantis, you know, the last couple of years has been, I think, the biggest Thanksgiving week. Uh, it, it's been right there with Mallies for being the two biggest Thanksgiving week tournaments. Uh, so that's big news, and again, it's, it's further, you know, still goes down the line. You know, Woodson said at the beginning he was going to need a year before he was going to schedule hard, and every, ever since then he's been trying to involve Indiana and everything that he can. Yeah, I was just going to say that uh, I think looking here at the recent fields of the Battle for Atlantis tournament, I mean, it's a place to go to get three games, uh, some really good competition, some really good teams have been in that the last number of years. My question was going to be, has it become – the second best early season tournament to the Maui Invitational, and I think that it has. Yeah, no, I mean, it, you could argue some years at the back. I mean, they've had, you know, I mean, there's nobody who's not going. The Carolinas, the Dukes, the Michigan, the, you know, uh, Kansases. I mean, I'm trying to think of who hasn't been there. Um, you know, I feel like you've seen everybody that matters uh, in that tournament. Obviously, you can't play in the same tournament every year. Um, it's not like you can just go to Maui and stay there. Um, so you've got to be on rotation and basically, you know, and, and, you know, there's a lot of programs that are doing Maui that are next year doing Atlantis, um, or the next year or the year after that. So, it's you know, considering that you know the, the whole point of these tournaments is to spread the wealth around and, and you know move everybody into different stuff every year. 
um, you know, like it, it is right there. You know, basically there are obviously enough superpower programs out there um, that uh, to, you know, kind of share the wealth and whatnot. I mean, the, Atlantis has been, I think, the if it's not the number two, you know, it, it is arguably even at this point with Maui. Uh, I mean, I think Maui still has, Maui obviously has the, um, reputation, um, you know, that, that goes, you know, basically that they have the history and whatnot, but, you know, tropical locale Thanksgiving weekend, uh, you know, Atlantis has been bringing it on the same level that Maui has. Still looks weird. Um, you know, obviously on TV, I mean, you look at Maui and it, it looks like it's in a high school gym, but, um, Atlantis looks really weird in the ballroom. Um, you know, it's just got the strange lighting and everything like that. It's just a weird looking tournament, you know, but, uh, they're getting big time teams and have been for as long as it's been in existence. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis star, my guest, Dustin staying with basketball, uh, recruiting is heating up and saw a new player, a new name on campus today. His name is Jonathan Sanderson. This just came out, I think right before we came on the air, but uh, he's uh, taking an unofficial visit. He's a young player from the class of 2026, and I was reading up on him. His dad is the Cliff Marshall equivalent at Michigan, so and he's already got a scholarship offer from the Wolverines. I thought that was kind of a unique connection there, And uh, but he's in Bloomington today taking an early look at the campus. Interesting. So while we're talking, I'm Googling him. He's 2026, 20, um, so... So that's interesting. Yeah, that's just interesting that he's he's even bopping around. But uh, yeah, it, it looks like an intriguing looking player. Um, you know, six two point guard. Um, you know, already has offers from Illinois, Iowa, Michigan, Detroit, Duquesne, Marshall, and Ohio. Um, but twenty twenty six is a, is a while is a little bit of a while off. So um, a Midwest basketball club played played the same place that uh, Gabe Cups played, averaging nineteen point three as a freshman, shot forty six percent from three point range. I'm quoting from Jeff Rabjohn's story, so I have to acknowledge that uh, that I'm not coming out of this out of nowhere. Um, so this, I, I don't want to steal directly from Rab and not note and not notice, but I like literally that's the first thing I came up when I googled, and I've literally learned about this guy in the last ten seconds. Um, but I mean, certainly an interesting piece, uh, and, and a guy is friends with Cliff Marshall, so that's kind of cool too. Um, all according to Ravi's reporting here. Um, but no, I mean, I think obviously Further Proof Indiana is going after everybody and, and swinging pretty big. And, and uh, obviously the Cups, uh, you know, I think um, connection helps. And I, I do think that's something something big that I, I think they haven't really established yet that I do think is important uh, for Indiana to, to have a little bit more of a foothold in the Midwest. Um, you know, they've been able to go get players all over the place, certainly gone and recruited Georgia really well. Um, you know, recruited nationally, but I do think it's still important for there to be um, a a foothold in the Midwest, get some in-state players. Um, you know, not that that has to be everything, and and I, and I obviously um, know that's that's not a concern, but it's just sort of, you, 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 we spend a lot of time talking about in-state players because of what Indiana is. Um, but I do think it's still important for Indiana to have just have ins with people around here um, because it still helps to be able to recruit close to home. I mean, I, I think home still does matter, uh, and, and being within driving distance of your parents still does matter somewhat. Um, you know, it, it helps the cause with some players, and so, you know, still, still good to have footholds, you know, in in the med- Midwest and in the state, so I think this, it's, you know, good news for them to be uh, in on somebody like this. Seems like a really nice player. I'm intrigued when I see colleges have players that young on campus or offer scholarships, and a handful of Big Ten schools have already offered Sanderson a scholarship, 
because the recruiting situation for high school athletes has changed so much. I mean, if you're recruiting Sanderson, for example, 2026, he's going to be a sophomore when high school basketball starts this year. And with the way that the transfer portal and uh, works and how late roster things happen and how different recruiting is for high school athletes now, uh, that seems like forever from now for Sanderson to get from high sure. school to his freshman year of college. But it is intriguing, and I think kind of good to see that there is still some early recruitment of these top-level prospects because uh, we'd be lying if we said it's not a lot tougher for some of these high school student-athletes nowadays, especially at the uh, mid-major, maybe the low-major levels, especially to break on the scene. Everything is just changing so much. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, I think, um, you know, I look back to the way the way it was when I was covering IU, especially the first time around, and, and you saw commitments from freshmen. Uh, and and, in, and in Indiana was pursuing those, and I met, you know, it, it seemed like Indiana felt like they had to offer any really good in-state freshmen. You know, like, felt, felt like after freshman year, like those kids expected to have offers from IU. And... I don't know if that was necessarily healthy. It certainly wasn't good for IU. I mean, I, I think it was definitely a scenario where they felt like they had to go after these guys, and I and they had to kind of drop off interest when some of them didn't turn out to be the players they were expected to be. I mean, I can remember some specific uh, guys that everybody thought was gonna, were going to be stars when they were freshmen. I remember two in particular uh, with Hiron Edwards and Aaron Gordon and the and the youngest Gordon brother. Um, and Aaron, you know, we, everybody thought Aaron Gordon was going to be a superstar. I mean, he looked tremendous, but he just, he didn't grow. He was the same player as a, as a freshman, as a senior that he was as a freshman. I mean, like, I'm sure he got better somewhat, but I mean, he didn't make the same leaps as everybody else got, but I mean, he was just advanced as a finisher around the rim and everybody thought he was going to be a star. And he ended up being pretty good, but not, you know, not at, at the class that we thought he was going to be. So you've got these offers out and it puts you in a, in a, um, you know, in an awkward position because, okay, how do you sort of fade out from there? Um, and, you know, there, I, I think it didn't, you know, wasn't as much of a problem with some other guys, um, but it's not easy. So it's, it, is a, it is a line to walk, um, but when it comes to guys that are real superstars, you know, it, it makes sense the earlier you get in, the better shot you have because they are going to have options with everybody, and, and you only really have a chance if you can say, well, we, we, we were interested in you first. You know, like, doesn't that say something? Um, you're still going to have a hard time beating the Kansas and the Dukes and North Carolinas for those guys. Obviously, they found out that way uh, with Fiore Padunga. Um, but you know, if you're going to have a chance, you have to get in early. Um, with so it is, it is an awkward dance. It's a weird, uh, weird situation when it comes to recruiting these kids, uh, especially when you're talking about a point guard um, who's six foot two. You don't know, and I haven't seen this guy. I imagine he plays more, uh, you know, shows a little bit more basketball maturity. But when everybody else grows. Um, you know, it's, it's going to look a little bit different. Um, and so, you know, it's a, it, it is a tough line to walk. It's not an easy situation to figure out what to do with kids that young. But, um, you know, with, with guys who end up being superstars, your best bet is to have gotten in early. Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star joining me, talking some IU basketball here in this segment. Uh, here's a question for you about the roster and the upcoming season. I was looking at something yesterday, McKenzie and Baco and Kellel Ware, they are receiving a lot of spotlight in this early part of the preseason, and I think that's only going to continue. Both Mbako and Ware are showing up in NBA mock drafts for next year. Mbako, a McDonald's All-American. Ware comes from Oregon uh, with a lot of, I think, intrigue about how he could step his game up at Indiana in the Big Ten Conference. 
to you, you followed IU in this program. Who's the more intriguing program, uh, or excuse me, the more intriguing player for this season in the IU program? Does one stand out to you, at least in the preseason, more than the other as a player that could come in as a real difference maker right out of the gate? I mean, I think they're both going to be able to make a real difference. I think out of a sort of a default scenario, I'm always interested in guys that can play multiple positions and what do you do with them. Um, you know, like I, I'm intrigued by, okay, do you play him back both at the three or do you play him at the four? Um, and if you play him at the four, what do you do with Malik Renew? Are you, are you bringing Malik Renew off the bench? Uh, and it, cause I think that like he's more interesting as just a moving part as far as which one's going to be the bigger superstar. I mean, I, I guess Eileen Renew because where's already played a year in college basketball. Um, and so, I mean, I think you're, you're certainly, you could see a lot more out of where than you saw. Uh, the first year, and he's seven foot two thirty, and he's got legit perimeter skill and can shoot from outside. Um, so there is a chance that he makes a leap and becomes, you know, he could be an all-American class player. I mean, his stats last year for Oregon were not bad um, at all. So you can't say um, that uh, you know he's right there or whatever. But um, you know, he he is the guy that if he scores the way that, that he can, that you look at and you say, well, you're seven foot two thirty, you can shoot threes. You, you've got to have superstar potential in there. Um, you know, like if, if he turns into, you know, what his prototype looks like, then you're looking at a top 10 pick. Um, but again, you don't know if that's going to happen. Um, but and back, I think it's just interesting because he's, you know, he is, he is a freshman. He is new, you know, six eight two fifteen, really good skill set, really good athlete. Uh, I'm just interested to see what it looks like. And there were some people talking about him as, you know, maybe the best, you know, high school player in the country this year. Um, so I'm interested to see what that looks like. But again, I'm just interested to see how they fit all the pieces together. Can you go, you know, can can and back both defend three? You know, and that that's the stuff we always talk about. We've talked about guys like this in the past, and we're talking about Jordan Geronimo. Um, when you got a guy, a guy that's long and athletic and can shoot the basketball, well, can he defend the three? You know, because it's becoming more of a guard-oriented position. You're, you're seeing more guys that are really two guards playing the three, so you can get two two guards on the floor at the same time. Um, can a guy can guard a guy who's six four, six five? You know, somewhere in that range with good handles that can cross you up. Can he keep that guy in front of him? Um, and so you can, can you play him at the three and put Renew at the four and, and go with a big lineup? Is there enough uh, ball handling there? Is there enough shooting there? Is there enough defense there? Could those guys, you know, get down and guard somebody? You know, especially when you're talking about Renew and, and Impactful, could those guys guard threes and fours? Uh, or, or does Renew end up being a backup five? Does, you know, Impactful end up being a four? Um, and, you know, do you just kind of throw Renew in, in there from, you know, from time to time? What's that mean for Renew's future? Uh, does he want to stay a third year? Does he look to transfer next year? Are you into into a similar position there? I think in back row is just interesting because of the moving parts position. Um, you know that that you know where do you put a guy like that now? The way the game is being played, you know, years ago you could say, well, that's a definite three. Uh, you know, now again, the three is asked to be more of a guard. The four is asked to be more of a three. You know, what is what does that look like for them, and how does it? shape what they do with the rest of the position. So I, I'm interested in back, but just because of, of the domino effect of him. Yeah, no question. Talking about uh, talking IU basketball with Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. Dustin, I know you're the Pacers beat writer. That's your main deal, but you still uh, talk IU stuff with us each week. So before we let you go, a Pacers question, and really more of a general NBA time frame question, and I'll tell you why I'm asking this, because on a regular basis I get questions about 
Romeo Langford, giving the area of our show and giving his proximity to Southern Indiana. People want to know what opportunities may get or not get for training camps and other early season NBA situations to try out for a team. So for the Pacers and really for the NBA in general, what's the calendar look like moving forward? And when will others that currently don't have a home get a chance to maybe be invited to a tryout or a preseason training camp? Yeah, I mean, you got another month before camp starts, and so um, I'm not sure what the total training camp roster is, uh, how many total name, er, uh, players you're allowed to have on there um, beyond what you're supposed to have. Obviously, the tough part is there's 18 spots, um, 18 spots for full-time contracts, but there is G League opportunities. Um, so, you know, you're looking, obviously, at 15 guys that are full-time players, and then you've got three uh, for these two ways. And so it's a question of just, but you can fill those at any time, and that's I think the tough part for a guy like Langford is is if a lot of those if, if a lot of spots are filled already, you know your training camp is is more for trying to catch on at the G League and then sort of hoping that you play well enough that that turns into a two way sometime sometime in the course of the year. Um, so obviously you got another month before camp. I think for most teams uh, it's going to be October second, October third is when you're going to start camp uh, for teams that are playing a foreign. Um, exhibition game in the preseason uh, basically they're, they're leaving the country obviously the nba likes to do that um and you know obviously expand the brand or maintain the brand um as is the most global of the major american you know american-based sports um you know you're allowed a, a week early but if you're not doing that you've got to be uh you're not playing until the first week of october so they got another uh you know month and 10 days or so um uh, you know maybe five weeks or so before they get started and so there's going to be opportunities for him to get an exhibit 10 uh for him to be able to go into camp and have an opportunity to catch on and, and, and turn that into a two-way um but again it's obviously not easy uh to do that because a, a lot of this stuff is, is usually set by the time you get into camp um you know you're sort of hoping that you play your way into a g league roster spot and obviously uh, Burns for Langford certainly to be that you know that to be the sort of thing that he's playing for, but there might be a couple other uh, you know some some open roster spots where he's got a chance at. Um, but you know I mean he obviously is just you know playing from a little bit behind. Uh, you know did have a, a really injury riddled uh, 2022-23 campaign. Um, so I'm not, I'm not googling right now. I haven't, I haven't seen anything uh, new, but obviously he's been released by the Spurs, um, and so you know. He could go a bunch of different places. You never know where, where there's going to be an opportunity. Uh, you know, he's certainly going to have to play for cheap wherever he does go. Um, so, you know, uh, but he's going to have an opportunity to play someplace. Obviously, there's enough talent there in him to be able to play professionally. Uh, it's just not going to be an easy for him to catch on with an NBA team, but he could and certainly has to continue to be willing to do anything that it takes uh, to be able to get on the floor for somebody. Absolutely. All right, Dustin Dopirak of the Indianapolis Star. He's with us Wednesdays. Dustin, as always, thanks, and we'll talk next week. Absolutely. Thanks so much for having me. We'll head to a commercial break. Real quick, I do want to go to the Thornton's text line for just a moment. Text came in earlier that says, are there any players of interest rumored for Woody to sign before Friday? I believe that's it for signing. Thank you. Um... I'm not exactly sure. The NCAA has changed things up so much. I don't think there's a signing day that, or a signing period that ends on Friday. Uh, I don't believe so, at least. Uh, but I'm not 100% positive on that. As far as anybody committing or signing between now and Friday, I don't think that's likely. But I do definitely think 
that you could see Indiana get a commitment in the month of September or October, at least a verbal commitment, perhaps a signing as well. I definitely think that's possible. And if you asked me to make a quick decision on who I thought that would be, like others that join this show that know a lot more than me, I think Liam McNeely right now would be the number one prediction of most as far as who could be the next guy that commits to the IU basketball program. But thank you for the text. We'll head to a break. We're back with Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Stay with us. This is a Wednesday edition of the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. We're back on the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison. You know, a basketball hero around here is treated like a god. I mean, I- Join Matt Daly at 11 a.m. and for complete coverage of the Indiana Hoosiers and sports from a Southern Indiana perspective. You know, most people would kill to be treated like a god just for a few moments. Here's Matt Dennison. And we're back on this Wednesday program. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, is with me. Wednesdays we talk local sports. And this week, Josh, we got to talk about the excessive heat wave here across southern Indiana and the metro area. It is really episodical, like a Mercedes-Benz versus Saturday. So uh, Charlestown and Brownstown, that's, that's going to be Saturday. And Seymour uh, uh, and Jeffersonville is going to be Saturday. And Holy Cross and Providence are going to be Saturday at 7 o'clock. I think all three are going to be kicking off at seven o'clock. So that's that's at least three of the games so far. And and uh, you know New Albany moved theirs back for Friday night to eight p.m. So um, it, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely affecting the uh, the schedules and uh, you know all the sports really. Uh, yeah, I saw Silver Creek football practiced in uh, in the morning. Uh, you know before school uh, when it was still dark outside uh, the other day. So. You know, that's probably the smart thing to do because, you know, you can't get it, you can't do it in the evening, that's for sure, still, because it's still so hot. So, um, you know, it's definitely going to have an impact this week on on games, uh, practices, and everything. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. So, Jeffersonville football Saturday night, Charlestown football Saturday night. Did you mention there's been some other games that have been bumped back to later start times? You know, Providence is going to be Saturday night as well, and then New Albany is going to kick off at 8 p.m. on Friday night. And uh, that, I think that's all I've seen so far, so just a couple more maybe that might change. Yeah, okay, interesting stuff. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, I guess. Uh, another real general question for you here, Josh. You can take this where you want. Maybe some thoughts from week one of high school football last Friday night. Your uh, your take on your early takes Maybe on some of uh, some of our teams and the area in high school football this year. Uh, really, no big surprises. Uh, you know, we figured Providence would roll, and and uh, you know they, they definitely did over the Indianapolis Washington team. Uh, impressive way to start the season, and then uh, you know Charlestown winning wasn't a, wasn't a big surprise. Uh, you know, it was a close it was a close game. Uh, um, you know, pretty much. Throughout, so that was that was nice. That was probably uh, uh, a more positive sign for for Silver Creek than anything else. Uh, and then the other games, uh, you know, I don't know. It was kind of kind of tough to tell because a lot of the games, a lot of the results, unfortunately for our teams, were lopsided and in, in the in the wrong direction. So 
uh, you know, I think we'll, we'll probably get to learn a little bit more about some of those teams this week. Uh, uh, you know, like Floyd Central playing, um, you know, playing Terre Haute South uh, this week. You know, that, that we'll, we'll probably learn a little bit more about the Highlanders than we than we did from last week's loss to, to Louisville St. X. And then, you know, Jeff played Whiteland, which was, you know, I, I think they're, they're maybe number two in 5A in the coaches' poll. And, um, you know, this will, this will be a big game for them on Saturday night because, you know, the Hoosiers Conference opener. And uh, um, I think you guys talked about it on Monday, but you know, the Hoosiers Conference appears to be appears to be wide open uh, this year. So, you know, it's really up for grabs. Uh, what, I think Seymour is the defending champ. And then, and then Bedford had a really good year last year, and they've got a lot of guys back. So, you know, those two teams might be the might be the favorites heading into the season, but really, it's it gets uh, it, it could be really anybody's conference. Whoever whoever gets hot or whoever you know uh, wins on the road, uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be it's gonna be up in the air as far as uh, maybe week to week even as far as that goes, because uh, you know the the only undefeated team and the only HHC team to win a game was was Jennings County, and that's. Uh, you know that's a bit of a surprise, but uh, you know moving forward, I, I don't know. That'll, that'll be the that'll be the big thing is, is maybe maybe uh, we'll see if Floyd or Noelle or Jeff can can sneak up there, sneak in there, and maybe you know win the conference or at least uh, you know have a chance to win the conference this year. So uh, hopefully we'll start to find out more about that kind of stuff uh, Friday night. Yeah, and Sunday night. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. It's hard. To, it's hard to get used to that. It's almost like basketball season. You got games on Friday if the weather allows, and then obviously Saturday as well. So I guess Josh, you'll be able to see multiple teams this weekend as opposed to one game. Yeah, definitely. We're hoping so. Anyway, uh, you know, I definitely plan to be at the New Albany game for, uh, for part of it on Friday night, which you know that that's going to be a real tough one for the Bulldogs playing playing Christian Academy of Louisville, which is. Uh, you know, defending 3A state champs, and they've won, I don't know how many straight games they've won, but they've, you know, went undefeated last year and won their opener this year. So, you know, that'll, that'll be a tall task for the Bulldogs. But, uh, you know, maybe maybe Floyd Central and uh, Terre Haute South might be a good game. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll, hopefully we'll be able to see some other ones as well. All right, Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune, with us here on this Wednesday edition of the program. Uh, fall sports are rolling, man. There are soccer results coming in every night, and volleyball is underway. We've got some good teams and great players in the area once again this season in that sport. What's what's maybe some other fall takeaways from other sports that don't always get the airtime of football or basketball? Yeah, the uh... – the, the safest sport this week is volleyball, that's for sure. You know, playing indoors, right. playing in the gym, playing in air conditioning. So, you know, that's uh, that's nice. We, we know, uh, for the most part, anyway, those games are, those matches are going to get played. So, you know, this is this is definitely a good time to go out and uh, check out some volleyball. Uh, um, actually, our, our new our newest staff writer, our new sports writer, James Jackson, was at the, the New Albany game last night. And uh, he was there for a little bit, and they played Jennings County, and that went five sets. New Albany came back and won, so that was a... That was a thriller, big victory for the Bulldogs in the, in the Hoosier Hills Conference. And then, uh, you know, Providence plays at uh, Louisville Assumption on Thursday night. Uh, that's, always, uh, that's always a nice uh, nice big game between, uh, you know, two of the best teams uh, on either side of the river around here. Uh, you know, Providence is off to a great start. I think they're 8-0. And then Assumption, you know, obviously is, is usually one of the top teams, uh, not only in Louisville or 
And so that that should be a, a, a huge showdown on Thursday night. And then, uh, you know, I guess also we've got to give a shout-out to, uh, uh, speaking of Providence, uh, DJ Zips, uh, you know, the son of former, former Providence coach Dottie Zip. He's got Borden off to nine and no start so far in his first year there. So, you know, that's uh, you know that, that's, uh, that's a big start for him and, and for the Braves. So, you know, some of the some of the teams and games to watch. And then Providence and New Albany, I know, play next uh, Tuesday night in volleyball. So that would be a really good uh, a really good match to catch if anybody wants to wants to swing over and take that one in because uh, that should be a competitive match. Excuse me. Absolutely. Josh Cook, sports editor of the News and Tribune. Josh, thank you. And you can read all of Josh's work at newsandtribune.com slash sports and, of course, in the uh, daily print edition of the paper as well. Stay cool, and uh, I guess we'll catch up with you this weekend at some point. Yeah, hit the, hit the pool would be a big week for water polo. If we could play that here. <laughs> no pickleball outside this week, Josh. Too hot, okay? That's right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Josh Cook with us on Wednesdays. I just saw a tweet from Larry Owens, the athletic director at Jeffersonville. All outdoor events canceled tonight due to the excessive heat warning and projected heat index. So everything outdoors at Jeffersonville is off, and I think that's basically going to be the decision at a lot of places, either that or later start times for some of these outdoor games and activities. Have a great Wednesday. Again, stay cool. It is really going to be hot out there today through Friday night. Be safe and cool, and we'll catch up with you Thursday with Alex Bozich and more on the Thursday edition of our program. This is the Hoosier Report with Matt Dennison.